Sort of simply unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me today, we got Rob. Hey guys, it's Rob. I'm Rob, here. You yep. are you are taking up the co-host mantle because Devin is not here today. I am. I got some big shoes to fill. You do, because you, it's been a while since you've been actual co-host. You've been co-co-host, and then you were sidelined for a while because you couldn't do SU in in the, at the times that we were doing it. And then Devin gave you shit, and then there was a war, but now you're... Okay, let's be honest. What'd you do to Devin? Um, Where are you hiding him? I I can't say on the air. I will Um, find you, Devin. I will will rescue you. Don't listen to him, that's not true. Is this all because he came to the defense of my mom last week when you told her off? Uh, yep. Alright. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anybody out there defending my mom, Rob's gonna kidnap you. Yep. Uh anyway. No, Devin can't make it this week. Uh we're doing this slightly earlier than normal and this is Rob's day off. Mm-hmm. But Rob, we're gonna talk a little bit about two two different shows, which Devin did inform me. He felt really bad. He promised me that he'd watch it and he he watched Warrior Nun. He enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, he he had a hard time getting into Cursed. He he thought Cursed was a was a good show from what he saw, but he just was not in the mood, I guess, to watch that type of show. It's uh, weird. It's almost like people have different opinions on. Things they like to watch. <clears throat> Platform. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, this week we're gonna be t- we're gonna be talking a little bit about cursed and a little bit about the warrior nun. But we're gonna do it a little differently. We're not gonna go through like a like a show review style like we have been. No. Because mm-hmm. in all, I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I watched them pretty much when the shows came out on Netflix. Both can be found on Netflix. Mm. And uh, that was a while ago. Now, <clears throat> we've watched a lot of things in between that. And I don't remember every little thing that happens in both those shows. But we yes. know enough that we can have a conversation about it and about things that we like and dislike and what we thought of the shows in general. So that's kind of what we're going to do. Yes. Also, we should point out that the fact Devin's not not here because he didn't enjoy the shows. He is not here because he is that. Yes. Yeah. No. He's. <laughs> this is one of those things where me and Rob we had we had the time to be able to to bust out this SU before going into <clears throat> another game that we're going to be playing later on. 
Um, and just schedules kind of got hectic and, and, and mismatched, and this was just the best time that we could record. So we are doing so. <clears throat> so let's start with the Warrior Nun. Okay. Now, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> the beginning to middle-ish parts of this show, I probably am not going to remember and or aren't going to do well with because when I first started the show, I watched the first episode on my TV while on my couch, you know, and I was like, yeah, all right, this is, this is a show, I guess it seemed interesting enough to keep me interested, but it, to me, it seemed like one of those shows that I could just put on the second monitor of my computer while I was doing something else, like just have it as background noise. Uh, so I did that. I had it on, and then gradually throughout the show... Matilda, you need to fu- shut the fuck up sometime. <laughs> hey, it works. Stop. Yeah, alright then. <laughs> um, so, like, I'd be in the middle of doing whatever, playing a game or whatnot, and I, gradually as the show progressed, I found myself either dying in the games that I was playing or pausing them and paying more attention to the show towards the end, especially like the last couple of episodes. I just, I was infatuated. Um, I like the premise. Like when, when we first start watching the show, you, you get the premise that, so there's these order of nuns and clergy, I guess. And they're like a secret hit squad, kind of. Yeah. For demons, I guess? Hell's Army? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I don't... I don't... I, I mean, don't in the beginning, they were fighting other humans. Which yeah. I, I don't know. So, I, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, because they didn't really go into what they were doing before all the events of the show. Right. So, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but in... In the history of all these people, there has been, at least to recent day, there has been something known as a halo bearer. And essentially, it's a, it's a nun that is deemed worthy, and she has like this circular scar on her back in the shape of a halo that glows, and she can do extraordinary things. Like, she can teleport through stuff, and she can... She's super durable and like I, I think it makes her super strong yeah. um and so there's like an invasion happening in the beginning and the person who i believe the person who is supposed to be the halo bearer ends up mm. getting mortally wounded yeah so what it is is there's other angelic artifacts besides the um, besides the Halo, and I guess this terrorist group or whatever they are put one of them into like a bomb, so it exploded and like she got shrapnel from that, which she couldn't because normally the the Halo bearer can heal injuries, right. but because the shrapnel was from another holy object, she couldn't heal the damage. Right. So she just shoved this Halo into some other girl who was dead, by the way. Had yeah. been. You found out later she had been poisoned and murdered. But yeah. she was dead. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a smart choice. If you if you can forcibly shove it into a body, regardless if it's living or dead, uh, 
Although not knowing what it would do kind of, you know, minus points on that. But <laughs> I mean, if you got to hide this thing from something that's tracking you down, Hey, score, put it in a dead person. No one's going to bother looking in a dead person. Yep. You know, Yeah. by the way, apparently the halo is incredibly hot because transferred. It was carrying it like this special tong thing that could hold it. And she gets attacked by one of the people that's attacking the church, and he goes to pick it up, and it burns right through his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should probably pull up, like, an IMDb so I can get some character names on this. Uh, well, the nuns are easy, because they're all biblical names. It's Mary... Uh, Lilith. Lilith, and... Uh, be, um, Beatrice. Beatrice. Yeah. All right. So they end up shoving this this halo into the main character. Her name's Ava. Who then, after I think the conflict happens and like the the bad people flee or die, uh, she ends up waking up from the dead. Yep. Um, which I think Ava is supposed to kind of be like. Eve, because E-V-E-A-V-A. Right. Also, it's good to know prior... So, yes, she was poisoned and killed. She was also a paraplegic, because she got into a car accident. She lost the use of her legs. But with this halo in her, it regenerated, it cured her of the poison, apparently, brought her back to life, and cured her, her paralysis. Uh... So she found out she was pretty much able to walk again. And I don't really remember. She she ends up fleeing the church into the city. And yeah, cause the, well, because the fighting was still going on. Right. Because the nun that hid the halo in her was killed and she was by herself. And there were still like gunshots and stuff going on. Right. So she just basically runs for it. And... She's wandering around in the city, afraid, alone, and, I mean, obviously confused. Uh, At some point, she ends up, like, seeing her own reflection, um, and she's, like, enamored by that, which I don't know why. And then, long story short, she gets hit by a car, and like, yeah, she, some she goes, guys. They're like, they're, I'm not sure if they were going to help her or mess with her, but anyway, because she was walking down the street in her pajama and like one of those like dressing hospital dressing gowns. So these three guys kind of stop her, and they're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. She ends up puking on one of them, and then she like backs up away from them because the guy's like, "Ugh," and she backs into the street and is hit by a truck, <laughs> but yeah. then goes flying through the truck through a wall. In a with a broken leg, with like the leg teleporting like, through a wall, yeah, into like a into a, like a sporting goods store or something. Uh, and then she ends up getting some new clothes and stuff because she can't just wear the hospital gown everywhere. So she steals some clothes, uh, and then she goes like for like a jog on the beach, and she's just super happy that she can walk again. Uh, yep. And then she decides to go swimming, and then once she gets in the pool, realizes she doesn't know how to swim, and starts yeah. to drown. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we meet the uh, the love interest of, oh man, which guy was this? 
I don't remember his name. Me neither. I don't even remember who played him. Um, it wasn't Christian, was it? Nope. Mm. Nope, it sure wasn't that guy. Wow, Matilda. Calm down. Michael was the little kid. Man, I really don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. Diego, maybe? No, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't super matter. Uh, Francisco? No. Oh, well. Uh, but yes, she gets rescued by, like, some fucking... I don't know. Not Vagabonds. Like, Drifters, I guess? I don't know. If maybe that's what you would call them. Uh, they essentially, like, they... They know oh, yeah. they know it's, when it's, people are on vacation, they go and they just break into their house and like live there. Yeah, it um, it's JC by the way, because all the people involved have names, uh, religious names like Michael. Even though he's a little kid, he's Michael, like the archangel, and then JC is the initials of you know Jesus. <laughs> so, are you sure it was him? Yeah, okay, it was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody. Oh yeah, Adriel. That's a, that's a an angel. Jelly. Oh yeah. What about this guy? This guy, Oscar Ferranda, played Crusader Knight. Not very biblical. Just saying. And let's be known, let it be known, Mary, uh, under the IMDB, she is, her, her actual character name is Shotgun Mary. For very yeah, obvious I know. reasons. That's what she's, she's like, why do they call you Shotgun Mary? And she's like, because uh, I drink a lot. But it's not, that's not the real reason. Because <laughs> she's got shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so again, I mean, it's it's a really phenomenal show. Like, I I really got into it the like the longer it went on. Um, it for me, it took a little while to really sink its teeth into me. Uh, the first episode, it was enough to keep me interested to watch. The second episode, second episode, it was like, yeah, okay, same old stuff, kind of boring, but still interested. And then it just got good from there. Um. And without going through the entirety of the movie, like like we started kind of having, like we started to do, because it's kind of commonplace that we do, but we're covering two different movies at this point. Yeah. Or shows. Uh, who were, who was your favorite character in this show? Hmm. Oh, hold on. Let me preface spoilers. If you haven't seen this or Cursed, Go watch those before listening to the rest of this, because we are going to spoil some stuff. I, like I do want to talk about the ending with Rob of this show, uh, and so on and so forth. So if you haven't seen the Warrior Nun or Cursed, go watch them, then come back and listen. If we ruined something for you because you listened to this, hey, fuck you. I <laughs> gave you, I gave you a spoiler alert. Maybe not at the top of the episode, but 
near the beginning ish. All right. So favorite favorite character, Rob. Uh, I think it's a tie between Lilith and Shotgun Mary. Really? What made you like Lilith? The fact that she's part demon. Well, listen. <laughs> all right. Do we really know that those are demons? Well, she's part whatever the hell they are. Right. So, well, since their dead bodies are made of angelic material, probably not demons, but just saying. In the, they're categorized as demons in the, most of the show. So Yeah, well, I mean, they are demonic in, in appearance, so they probably do... They do lead... The show does lead you to believe that they're d- demons. Um... Yeah, because we find out that what, whose fucking Halo is this supposed to have been again? Uh, the guy that's in the vault at the end, but I don't remember his name. Uh, me neither. Is it this guy? I'm looking it up right now. I don't think it was this guy. Adriel. Uh, Adriel. Yeah. Adriel, yeah. Now, see, so, like, right there, that guy, that name would lead me to believe that he's an angel, too. That's an angelic name. But, I mean, the show's allowed to take whatever type of creative liberties it wants, and we find out later on, you know, towards the end, that, you know, this guy, not so much an angel. Um, And he's actually, like, the bad guy. Now... I guess that's the part that I want to talk about next is first off, I did not see that shit coming when they like busted into that vault and that dude was still alive. And then he like, you start getting the sense like at first when she busted into that vault, I was like, Oh cool. This guy's still, you know, he's alive. He's entombed here. He needs his halo back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it slowly started to dawn on me. Like, okay, this guy's a little too eager to get this thing back. Like, yeah. He wants to trade places with this chick and she's going to die and this guy's bad news. But yeah, well I I kind of had realized before that because there were little clues like when they found the the halo bearer before her, they found her notebook or whatever it was. And she yeah. said, "I shouldn't have told him." And it makes you think that she's talking about the cardinal. But I I was like, it just says I shouldn't have told him. It doesn't say a name. So I started to suspect that maybe the priest who was their friend was the one that she felt she shouldn't have told. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay. I get it. And then there's, like, little things that Ava keeps bringing up, like uh, how when Adriel gave her the halo, she's like, how do you know that she even wanted the halo? Like, did she ask for it, or did, like, because there were, like, little things, too, that they started pointing out that maybe Adriel wasn't the best guy, either. So when he was still alive in there, I was like, hmm, maybe there's a reason why he's entombed in here. Maybe it wasn't the demons that did it. Maybe it was someone else who was trying to stop him. Now, based off the flashback and the story that we got, he essentially hid the halo in that girl way back when, because he was constantly being hunted by those things, right? Yeah, he was being chased were, by the they were quote-unquote demons, yeah. Yeah. But so he yeah. had stolen it, so they were clearly trying to get it back. So I don't know, like, I don't know if they were like, hey, there's an angel halo that's on the move and easy to get from a, a regular thief, 
or if they were actually like guardians trying to get it back. So I don't know. But from what happened with Lilith, because Lilith got pulled into the portal with that demon, and then she comes back intent on keeping Adriel locked up and getting the halo back, I'm thinking that they're some kind of protectors. Right. <clears throat> huh. Okay. Now, when the priest, you know, walks up to the guy at the end, Adriel, and then we find out that the priest is working with him. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't feel like at that point, Adriel's just some petty human thief. Yeah, no. He's got to be some something. He's not definitely not an angel, but I don't know. He might be like a higher class of demon or something. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think my favorite character, I didn't mind Lilith. I liked her scenes, like her fight, because almost every scene she was in was a fight scene of some fashion. Mm -hmm. um, I gotta say, I think my favorite character is Mary. Mm. Uh, was well, like some of the best Mary and Lilith's interactions were some of the best ones, like when they were tracking Ava for different reasons. Yeah. Like that's that's why I like two of them because the like they're all, they were always arguing with each other. I also I I, I like Mary just for her, <clears throat> like not just like I, I guess for her personality. Like she had yeah. like the guy on the cliff on on like the cliff edge. And then he was like, I don't know. She didn't want to just shoot him. And then like, I don't know. Did Mary throw him a gun or did he have one already? She, that was his gun, but she did. She threw it back to him because she had it. Yeah. So she threw it back to him. And then as soon as he picked it up and drew it, she just shot him and he fell off the cliff. Because <laughs> um, like she wasn't going to shoot an unarmed guy. Like that was just the thing. And then when she's walking with Ava, and they're like, and Ava wants nothing to do with her, but they're just traveling to the next town or whatever, knowing that Ava can regenerate, Ava started getting mouthy, so Mary just kicked her down a hill, like kicked her down a mountain. <laughs> yeah, because Mary was injured, so she was just like kind of limping along. So Ava got ahead of her. And then she was just like sitting to rest, and then Mary came limping up. So she, she thinks she's following her, even though they're just going to the same way. So she's like, "Stop following me!" So Ava, or Mary, just kicks her off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I like it. Plus, you know, Mary in this show was n she worked with the nuns, but I don't think she was a nun. Yeah, she, I don't think she? so either. Um, no. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this show. It's a, it's a good show. It's the, the name of the show literally defines what the sh majority of the show is about. Yeah. It's warrior nuns. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all it really is. That's all you need to tie you into this show. Yeah. Uh, and one of the subplots we haven't brought up. Is where did it take scientist. place? It was like in, like. Italy or some shit? Uh, I don't know. They all spoke English. Well, yeah, I, think it was I mean, in the it USA. Was, it, no, it definitely was not in the US. Mm, I don't know. No, I think it was in the US. No. 
Hold on. We gotta... I wanna go... We're gonna wiki. Come on, Wikipedia. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because what's his face? Spain. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. Don't you ever forget it. Nah. You win. Uh, but they all spoke a lot of English for being in Spain. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I will say I hated the Cardinal. I hate everything about the Cardinal. Mm. Oh yeah, the other subplot. There was like that the the technology yeah. chick, the scientist lady trying to create a gate to heaven, basically. Yep. Using because she had discovered the the holy relics too, and there, she sees them as a different element, like that hasn't been discovered yet because she's a scientist. She has a kid who's dying. She actually admits later that she used the holy relics basically to have a kid because she couldn't have one, so he's tied to them in some way. Right. Uh, but he was dying, and so she was trying to find a way to fix him by using this gate thing. Uh, but that's a whole... But she ends up helping Ava out a little bit and tries to use Ava to power the gate, which Ava was at first angry at, but then she was like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, but yeah. So the last thing that happened is her, the gate activates when Adriel's freed. And the kid runs through it, and then it turns off. So we have no idea what, how, what the hell happened to the kid. But the mom's, like, upset because he went without her. <laughs> well, yeah. I, like, I kind of want to know where that portal goes. Yep. Because the only thing that the mother has ever done is put her arm through it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's messed up. Now we're getting into, like, interdimensional stuff. Like... Yep. Yeah, and I think somehow Adriel was able to talk to the kid, because he kept talking about his angel friend telling him things, Mm -hmm. that Ava was almost at the gate and was going to set him free and whatever, and that's why he had to go. So, somehow I think Adriel was involved with all that as well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so that's the warrior nun. Oh, and the whole time they're setting it up so that you think the cardinal is the bad guy that's trying to free the demon and get power and whatnot, but it turns out he's just at the end when the mother superior confronts him, he's just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And that's when they you find out it was the actual priest that was their friend that was the one, right? The but guy. I still think the cardinal's a douchebag. Yeah, he is a douchebag. He, I think he but, legit is just doing everything that he does in the show to become the pope. Yeah, which he does. Yeah, but. But yeah, I mean, like, he's a douche and he wants to be Pope for his own reasons, but he's not the actual, like, bad, bad guy. He's a bad guy, but he's not, like, the one they thought he was. I thought it was cool, and I did not see that. Another thing I didn't see coming, um, which I wasn't sure, because they didn't really even allude to it to begin with, but a a cool little uh, tidbit is the fact that Mother Superior, or whatever, the, the older nun... Mother Superior. Uh, yeah, she she was a halo bearer at one point because she had the oh yeah yeah on her back. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's the the fight in the Vatican. Ava sees the scar, yeah. and she was because re- she was rejected by the halo. Yeah. So, and I, it is a cool premise that the halo has to like. It's like a symbiotic kind of relationship. So, like, if it's just put into anybody. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work and it can reject people. And I think that was like, that was one of the premises for like so much debate in the beginning of the show was the fact that it was just put into Ava, who's not even part of this nun uh, sisterhood thing. And the Halo didn't reject her. So she was, you know, essentially chosen by the Halo, which is why Lilith got so upset because Lilith, several members of Lilith's family were Halo bearers. Yeah, and she was supposed to be the next one. Yeah. So. Now, do you but, uh, know? Do you know if they're going to be making a sequel to this? Have you heard anything about them making a sequel? As far as I knew, there's supposed to be a season two, but I don't know. Uh, one thing too is it. I think it's interesting too that the Halo has a limit, like it runs out of power and has to recharge, because that yeah. makes it so she's not just all powerful. That also leads me to believe why it's not. I don't. I don't necessarily know that that's an angelic relic at that point. Hmm. Or I mean, maybe it is. Maybe like if it's if if the halo is used by an angel, maybe it's like never runs out of power. Yeah. But if it's put onto some a mortal, maybe it has a limited you know recharge use kind of thing. Um. I'm not sure. When when you actually see them using it, because the guy's holding it like a weapon at first, uh, I don't necessarily... It doesn't really look... It does not look like a Halo. Um, but who knows? Oh, it's a very It's a very odd mix between religion and tech. Technology. Mm-hmm. So... But it was an all-around good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that there is a second season. Uh, I do not see anything about a second season, but hey, if there is, cool. I will definitely watch it. Uh, this was apparently, I think this was an adaptation of a comic book. Uh, that I don't know. Uh... Yeah, based on a comic book character, Warrior Nun Aurelia, <clears throat> by Ben Dunn. It was originally developed as a feature film adaptation, uh, and then reimagined as a television series by Netflix. So, there you go. Alright, moving on to our second show. Uh, Warrior Nun has already been renewed for season two. Well, there you yeah. go. Let's see. Cursed. Cursed. So, moving on to our next show that we have in line. Cursed. So, I actually just kind of stumbled upon this one before before it even came out. Um, so... Donnie was re-watching the show Merlin, BBC's Merlin. And that got me into re-watching it because I had watched it years ago. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Arthurian legends and stuff like that. And uh, funny enough, I was talking to Donnie about season one of Merlin and the character Nimue and how in that show she was a bad guy. Uh... 
and this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden, I came across um, a post. I, I think I was maybe researching Nimway at the time. And I came across this post about a new Netflix show called Cursed, featuring a character named Nimue. Uh, and then I started reading into it, and I was like, oh, no shit. So I posted this to Donnie, and this was like a week before the show came out. Uh, maybe just, maybe a couple days, something like that. So then that Friday when the show came out, I watched it, I was done by Saturday night. Uh, it to me, it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked the theory and the, the, the creativity behind it. Um, it's not... I don't know how I would put it. It's not super high budget, but it's not low budget either, I don't feel. Um, and... The only thing that I will say is... If you go into the show knowing that it has stuff to do with King Arthur, like the King Arthur lore, go into it with an open mind because they change a few things, obviously. Um, but yeah. Uh, Rob, I'm going to start this conversation by asking, who was your favorite characters in this show? Hmm. Other than Nimue. Um, well, Merlin. I love the way they portrayed Merlin in this. I don't know why. <laughs> and he was played by... I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the History Channel show Vikings. Mm. Uh, he was... The Merlin was played by the same character who played one of the Vikings in that show. Uh. I think his name was Floki or something like that. He was the crazy. He was the crazy shipbuilder. Mm. Uh, and yeah, same same actor. And I, I love the fact that Merlin. They portrayed him as like this magicless drunken wizard. Like no one mm -hmm. knew he didn't have his powers except for him. I think. Yeah. And he, he just kind he of always. Hide it, yeah, and he just kind of portrayed that he did. But yeah, I would say Merlin and. Um... Probably Squirrel. Oh, the little kid? Yeah. Yeah. Squirrel was good. Um, God, yeah, those are probably my two choices, too. <laughs> Who's your least favorite? Um, hmm. I would say Uther. <laughs> oh, really? Alright. I could see it, I guess. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, there's not really anyone that I was like, oh god, I hate that person. The, like, the, other the than nun. the ones you're supposed to hate? The nun. The, the escaped nun who turns, who wants to well, yeah, be but see, one of the... You're, su you're supposed to hate her. Yeah, I know, but I hated her so much. Which means <laughs> <laughs> she's a good character. No, she's a bad character. I hate her that much. <laughs> I hate the fact that she survives and she actually gets inducted into the fucking whatever the Templar fucking people are the fucking guys with the masks 
Oh, another one that I like is Lancelot, although you don't find out he's Lancelot until the very end. Yeah, he does some gnarly shit in the show. Um, very good swordsman. Uh, I thought it was interesting because he he's essentially a bad guy throughout the show mm. because he's working with the bad the with the priests and stuff. Um, but I liked the fact that he was a bad guy with morals, like he did not kill children. Yeah. Um, now, question. Which is why he changes sides because it's squirrel. Yeah. Now, question. Mm-hmm. It might sound like a dumb question, having watched the show, and I'm. I believe that it is too, but still, the sword that Nimue has that mm-hmm. she acquires is called yeah. the Sword of the First Kings mm-hmm. uh, or the Sword of Power. That is supposed to be Excalibur, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my question. See? It was a okay. dumb question. Um, I liked how all of the characters, like like you said, how you find out that Lancelot is Lancelot. Um, yeah. And then we find out that Squirrel is Percival. Yep. Um, and uh, the Green Knight is uh, Gawain. Gawain, yep. Uh, Arthur is just kind of some bandit slash not thief, I don't think, but like like a mercenary, I guess. Mm. Um... Morgana was a member of the church, I believe. Yeah, and it was still Arthur's sister, which yep. is. Um. Yeah, Uther was not supposed to be king, but he was king. Yeah, Morgana um, was a fake member of the church, by the way. Oh, she don't forget she was she was leading the rebellion. Well, secret. that doesn't mean that she was a fake member of the church. She could have still been a real member of that particular parish. Like I, I feel like she was really a member of the church. She did have her beliefs there, but she was helping all of the fay. Anybody yeah. fay that came through, she would help. Because um, that's the big thing. So Nimue is is considered fay in this show, which I believe fay is just the term. As far as this show goes, Faye is just a term of people who have, who, well, I don't know now. Like, I wanted to say it was people who had, like, magical powers, but not all the Faye did. Um, they're essentially just druidic people. Um, let's see. Trying to see if on the Wikipedia, if there's a link for Faye, so I can see what that definition would consist of, but there is not. But there is definitely something special about these people. Um, let's see. Cursed. Uh, 
Yeah, okay, so fae is just essentially a term for humanoid, but somewhat magical. Um, they were feared and detested by other regular mortals and the church, because they did not believe in the same, like, one true god that the church did. They believed in their more druidic gods. Um, and, yeah. That's all. Um, but then, like, why didn't they consider Merlin a fae? That's why I'm, I'm confused. You know, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. That's a good question. Um... I don't know if they're. I don't know if they distinguished or separated distinctly, Fey from just straight up like magicians, like wizards, like somebody who learned magic through a book versus. So, like in D and D terms, a wizard versus a sorcerer. Mm. Like so, Merlin. You know, maybe, maybe they felt Merlin was a magician who learned all of his magics through books and research as opposed to the Fae who were born magically inclined. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, regarding the church, so, like, the Fae, they believe in their, their druidic gods, but Merlin, I mean, probably didn't ever mention his religious affiliation to one side or the other, which I don't think he actually ever did. I don't know, it's weird, because I know that the Fae hated Merlin, too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, it seemed like a little bit of everybody hated Merlin in this show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, for anybody in the in, who, who is, like, versed in Arthurian legends, so this is essentially, this show, it revolves around Nimue, is the main character, um... And everybody in her village thinks that she's cursed. And she's essentially hunted down by the Red Paladins. Because the Red Paladins comes to her village and, like, murders everybody. And I, I don't remember what test it was that the, the, the old Red Paladin dude did. Like, he walked up and, like, he'd, like, press something to them or something. It and, says, uh... Singling the Fae out for attacks is no easy feat, because a lot of them look human at a glance. Um, there are a few rituals that humans can use to identify Fae, such as brushing a leaf over the young boy's hands, causing it to turn green. Um, Pim and Nimoy don't feel comfortable walking through a human settlement without taking measures to hide their Fae identities. However, a uh, common uh, thing for them is the fingers of Emeridi, Tid Hill markings that appear on their skin when they use magic. Like those red things that cover Nimue's face, right? So the Fae all have something like that. So I guess Merlin doesn't because he's like the human that learns to use magic, right? So he's not like all the Fae have some kind of identifying mark, right? From them being born the way they were. And Merlin's not technically Fae, right? And that's why the Fae hate him is because he can wield magic that. Well, they said something about him betraying them at, at first. Some I don't know. I don't think we got to that point. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, it says here that Merlin, a once formidable magician who's lived for hundreds of years, uh, closest advisor to Uther Pendragon, seeks to redeem a morally bankrupt past by destroying the Sword of Power uh, when he discovers it still exists, revealing it contains dark magic that will corrupt its wielder, and with the loss uh, and was the loss of his formidable magic powers. Yeah, because uh, we end up finding we finding out that like he had this sword like in him, and it was killing him. And Nimue's mom ends up ex- extracting the sword, and Merlin loses his powers because of it. Um, and but before then, Merlin and her mom end up having like a fling. And her mom's promised to be married to some other guy. And so we do find out throughout the series that Nimue is Merlin, Merlin's daughter with her mother. Um, but. So that. Okay, so now I have a question. I'm also, I'm not 100% sure. Because he thinks that the reason he lost his magic is because she took the story out of him. But at the same time, obviously, she gets pregnant with Nimue. So I'm wondering if maybe, like, he transferred his magic to Nimue, and that's why it was dormant. Yeah, but at the end, when he picks up the sword, he has his powers back. Yeah, but he's using the power of the sword itself. Oh, I mean, maybe. Um... Plus, he doesn't keep the sword. Doesn't Nimue fall into the water with it? No, I think she drops it, and she falls into the water, and then he uh, takes okay. it. And then he bamfs out with the uh, with Lilith, I believe, who's yeah. who's now death. Yeah, well, the widow, but yeah, yeah. essentially. Uh, so now I have a question. So Nimue obviously can use magic because, like, when she gets really pissed off, she can like make plants come out alive and and do things for her and whatnot. Yeah, which her uh, mother couldn't, which is why I'm thinking maybe she got Merlin's magic. Well, that's was... that's part of my question is, can other people in her village do this? Or is she the only one? Because it says that people in her village shun her and think that she's cursed. And yeah, you never, I don't think you never they can. See, you never see anyone else in the village, you know, use any type of magic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's the only one. It's fucked up. <laughs> um... I mean, her mom can do a, some things. Like, she could speak to her through her mind from far away. But I never saw her mom actually, like, use any kind of other magic other right. than the sword out of Merlin, which she did mostly through surgery. Right. I think they had, like... <clears throat> I think they were capable of doing, like, what realistically, back in the day, people would consider magic, but, like speaking to the sky and like reading omens and reading, you know, weather patterns and stuff like that and predicting when, you know, certain weather happenings would happen. And maybe it was something like that. But in any case, uh, yeah. So this, this whole show just, man, she ends up with the sword because her mom fucking gets killed in this raid early on. And she shoves the sword into Nimue's hand, who finds her, and says, hey, you gotta go fucking find Merlin. Give this back to him. 
you know, he'll he'll fucking fix some shit. And so for, for the rest of the show, she has pretty much the sword. She does lose it a few times. She's not very good at keeping things, <laughs> I, I guess. But she does reacquire it. Uh, and through the sword, you start seeing that she can she can harness and, I guess, amplify her powers. Yeah. Well, I mean, the reason she lost it mostly was because Arthur stole it. Well, yeah, because he's a fucking damn dirty thief. And I'm sorry, but in that time period, if you were a thief, man, you'd get your hands cut off. Say, Arthur shouldn't have had hands now. Uh, I'm not wrong. You know it. Uh, so, yeah, she... She can take on, like, fucking... She, she kills, like, a whole fucking platoon of fucking red paladins, which are, like, the church people. Uh, by, like, making the trees come alive and, like, rip them apart. She causes a tornado at the windmill, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then, like, all of the fey people, like, pretty much... This is this is part that I kind of fell apart. Like I didn't fall apart, but I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, "Wow, you people just can't make up your mind." So Nimue finally finds her people. Like they find like the secret hideout where the, all the Fae have been hiding and like gathering together um, from like various different clans or whatever. And after they after she saves Gawain and several Arthur, people died helping her along the way. By the way, oh yeah, no people die constantly around her. <laughs> The entire, uh, the entire thing of the Convent of Nuns all died. Yep. The secret transport people died. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, several people die around her constantly. Uh, so, But she rescues a bunch of people from the windmill thing when they get surrounded and set on fire. And they all, essentially all the Fae dub her like the Queen of the Fae. So they all like look to her for guidance and what they should do. So then she makes a decision to go essentially take over a city. She's like, this this city is already kind of weak. We'll just we'll hang out here. We'll we'll remove the red paladin threat that's there. We'll hang out there because it's well fortified until some ships show up, and then we can all just fucking GTFO out of here. Almost immediately, once they actually take over the city and and subdue it and whatever. Almost immediately, the face start turning on her. Like they start turning on each other and stuff, and like that whole like, "Oh, you're my queen" thing falls apart because other people are just like, "Nah, fuck you. We don't believe that." <laughs> it's like you're you the you're the one who said it before. Like, how does your beliefs change that fast? So, I don't know. Oh yeah, then there's the people who okay. All right, scatterbrain here. Arthur, mm-hmm. Arthur, and the Fae who go down to the beach to get to the boats. Yeah, they get attacked by the Viking people mm-hmm. because now this Viking guy knows that Nimue is essentially the queen of the Fae and has the sword, and whoever has the sword can essentially be the king. So they attack them, hoping to essentially get Nimue and the sword, and this Viking mm-hmm. dude can become king. Anyway, who were the fucking people who came to the rescue of Arthur? It was uh, Pym's people. The, the, the oh, pirates. yeah, the, the pirates. That's right. That's right. Now, and Pym, Pym is not a fae? 
No, Pim is a fake. I was, but she, I meant her people. No, I get it, but I think I thought Pim was going around. Oh, maybe she was just doing that to hide. She like I thought she was going around trying to tell everybody, but I'm not Faye. Like I don't. Yeah, well, that's because they were the Ripalins were murdering Faye, so she was trying to pretend she wasn't one. Oh, I I seriously thought Pim was just a regular mortal girl who was fucking. No, she's out. she's the same kind of Faye that that Nimue is, the leaf or wind or whatever the hell they're called themselves. Yeah. All right. But no, yeah, she's a she's definitely a fae. Uh but <laughs> but yeah, because you find out that uh the pirate captain when they were ta- like she was talking to Pim at one point and she's cuz she was supposed to be uh, like a higher up in the same kingdom as the the viking guy, but she like they they threw her out, so that's why she's a pirate captain now. But she yeah, goes wasn't back it, when it was it was the viking guy's sister or daughter or something like that who yeah. slighted her. Yep. Yeah. So then, when they come, because they they decided to ra- start raiding, because Pim convinces them to, to raid the Red Paladins, because they're the ones that have all the wealth. So they are like, oh yeah, and they think it's a good idea, but then they end up getting captured by the Red Paladins. But then when Nimue comes to the city and she sets them free, so then she leaves to go gather her supporters, and that's when they they return with the ships and the, the pirate, like, not just her pirate crew, it's like all her supporters from that land come to fight the Vikings with the with the Fae. Right. Huh. Okay, next question. Like Gawain. Mm-hmm. So he gets the fucking shit tortured out of him. Mm-hmm. And then Nimue finds him and she goes fucking nutso. Yep, and then you see like all of like the grass and stuff growing around him because that's you know whatever the effect Nimue was having. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's dead, dead, or do you think that that's going to end up like healing him? I don't know. I mean, if you go historically, he should still be alive because he's ends up being one of the knights of the round table. But I don't know; they might have changed things, right? All right, that's another question I want to go through. All right, let's go through this real quick. Based off of Arthurian legend, I don't know if you want to pull up like a Wikipedia of a list of Arthur, like Arthur and his roundtable people. Which people have we met by name, I guess, in the show Cursed that are directly based off of Arthur and like his court, I guess. So we do know that Nimue ends up being the Lady of the Lake, who mm-hmm. is very important staple in Arthurian legends because she's the one who puts Excalibur in the stone, and then Arthur pulls the sword from the stone, becomes you know rightful king. Blah blah blah. So we've met Gawain, who ends up he's one of the Knights of the Round Table. We meet mm-hmm. Lancelot, who is one of the Knights of the Round Table. Yep, and we find out that um, Squirrel is Percival, Percival, who's one of the knights. Yeah. So who else are we missing? Um, I haven't pulled, I haven't found it yet, but I know there's there's Kay, um, there's Galahad, Tristane, 
Um, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, here's, a, here's a list. Uh, Gary Ant, Boris the Younger, Lamarack, <laughs> Gareth. Some of these names. Bedivere, Gaheris, and Palamedes. Yeah, so I don't think we've met any of these people. No. Uh, I was half expecting some, like some, one of the pirate people, to be one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently... Yeah, I thought I thought the one that Pim liked was going to end up being one, but he he dies. Yeah, him, him dead boy now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, because I'm looking at a list of like character names and stuff. Uh, There's also Mordred, who was kind of one of the knights, but is the one that ends up killing Arthur. Yeah, that's like Arthur's like nephew or some shit, right? Yeah. And we didn't meet any Mordred in the show, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> In this list of knights of the round table I looked up, it says that Mordred is the son of Arthur with his half-sister Morgana. Well, that makes <laughs> him son and Um, There was a Sir Borley. Oh, I thought that said cucumber at first, but it was Cumber the Ice King. That was the that was the Viking dude. Mm. Um, Zoe Waits, I know that name. No, I don't. What was the pirate captain's name? Do you know? Mm, I do not. Let me see. Red Spear. Was that the Red Spear? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Red Spear, the queen of the Red Spear fleet of yep. pirate raiders. Yeah, that's her. And the exiled daughter of Cumber, who eventually becomes an ally to the Fae. That's what it is. She's an exiled daughter of that yeah. Viking dude. What kind of name is Red Spear? You don't have a real name? Come on. <laughs> um, I will say, okay, let me preface this, too. I want to bring up another point. So, you might think, okay, well, you know, this show... Seems, you know, Arthurian enough, you know, seems just like classic fantasy and kids should be able to watch it. (laughs) Not the Mm. case, man. Dude, I I cringed at the point where there's a scene where Nimue is trying to sneak into a city and there's like a line and there's some red paladins stopping each person. Oh, God, the dentist. (laughs) And she she notices, I think it's some teeth or she notices something on one of the wagons that notates this guy as a, essentially his profession is a dentist. So she runs up to him 
and says, oh, hey, you know, my mouth's hurting really bad, blah, blah, blah. Can you re- can you help me? And, like, it, she's trying to insinuate, like, she needs to get into the city. She's trying to lean on that. And then I think he finally realizes that it's just she just wants into the city. And then they get stopped by the Red Paladins, and he vouches for her. She, he's like, oh, she's one of my patients, this, that, and the other thing. The Red Paladin's like, well, go ahead and do your job. Yeah, because the city, the city guards are like, yeah, go ahead. But then the Red Paladin's like, no, do it here. Yeah. So <laughs> she, he fucking takes some pliers out and fucking rips a perfectly good tooth out of her head right there yeah. in front of right, right there in front of the Red yeah. Paladins just so she doesn't get caught. <laughs> My God. That, uh, I cringed so hard at that scene. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that was really the only scene that I really fucking had a hard time watching. Yeah. Uh, I want to say there was one other one. But also, I remember it. Not not cringy, but like her and Arthur having a bath together. You see a lot of both of them, which I did appreciate Arthur. <laughs> but for kids, no, no, that's not uh, a good thing. Wait, did they show <laughs> anything though? Yeah. Why do I not remember this scene? You don't remember her and Arthur having the bath together in the castle? No. Oh. Were were there boobies? I'm pretty sure. I was well, not focused on the boobies. So... Listen, but I I mean, I'm talking for me here. I'm going to go back and rewatch this now. You do get to see um, Arthur's butt. Just I'm saying. going to rewatch this for strictly scientific reasons. Scientific reasons. <laughs> um yeah, anyway, so, I mean, a bunch of shit happens, and then, okay, so, towards the end, when, you know, Nimue fucking goes ape shit, seeing Gawain fucking tortured like that, uh, the church is going to end up, like, they have Percival, too, they have, they have Squirrel, and they're gonna fucking torture the shit out of him, but, uh, the, they call him, what is it, the Weeping Monk? The Weeping Monk, yeah. He steps in and essentially is like, he's just a kid, man. And, you know, don't do that. But then they take him off. He's kind of put into his place. And then later on, we see the dude. I love how no matter what situation Squirrel's in, he is such a melty fucking kid. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, the dude. When the weeping monk is like, it has him tied to the horse, he's like, God, why are you so ugly? Yeah. When people ride on the horse, they say, oh, that's, why is your horse walking backwards? Oh, no way, that's your fucking face or whatever he said. <laughs> well, I love the fact that I don't remember exactly what he said, but they always they always reference, oh, bring him to the cook. You know, bring him to the kitchen or whatever and whatever the fuck. I don't remember the guy's name now, but it was the guy who tortures people for info. info. Yeah. And well, he, he was blind. I think he said something about, like, did you blind yourself so you have to look at your ugly face or something? Yeah, he, oh, no, he's like, one, oh, That's one of the things he says. He's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, jab out your eye or some shit so you can't see anymore. And then the guy leans down and you see that his eyes are sewn shut. And then he, yeah, then he makes that comment. He's like, oh, is that just so you don't have to see your ugly fucking face in the mirror when you wake up in the morning or some shit? <laughs> and then, like, they strap him to the chair, and, like, he's getting ready to fucking do some torture to this kid, and this kid's just getting mouthier and mouthier with him. And then finally, I think the kid realizes what's about to happen, so he finally shuts up. But the weep- weeping monk ends up slitting the dude's throat and saving the kid. And when then they run out of the, when they run out of the tent, they end up running into, uh, I guess, like, 
the red paladins have like an elite guard who wear like golden masks. Yeah, or some they shit. protect the pope. Yeah. both of the shows we were talking about had a pope. Yeah, just so you know. So this this elite guard is supposed to be like the the best fighters amongst the clergy or whatever, and Lance, like the weeping monk, he he starts fighting, but then I think it looks like he gives up partway through. Like they, like he gets he gets hit in the head with a flail, which really knocks him down for a bit. After taking out like four or five of these guys, uh, and then they all start to go in and start beating on him or one or whatnot, and like they're getting ready to kill him, and here comes Squirrel fucking throwing rocks, grabbing a sword, yelling at the top of his lugs like, "Who's next, <laughs> motherfucker? I'll take all y'all on," and then that kind <laughs> of like pumps up Lance a lot. Yep. And then Lancelot just finishes off the rest of the elite guard. And then that's when him and him and Squirrel hop on a horse and they just leave. <laughs> um I thought that was a super cool moment. And that was mm-hmm. that was really the turning point for Lancelot, I feel like you know, because we find yeah. out Lancelot was a Fae. He was a special type of Fae that can essentially smell, like, smell other Fae, yeah. Um. Now, the, um, but like that's one of the reasons why I like squirrel. Like squirrel is my favorite. That and the fact that he's just like everywhere. Like he teaches the evil nun that you hate how to shoot arrows. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> and, and then like the freaking mill is surrounded. They're like, oh, we're completely surrounded. There's no way in or out. And then just squirrel's just like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. He's always just literally popping into scene. Yeah, you're right. I forgot the whole windmill part. <laughs> oh man, he is probably the best character. Um, and then yeah, the end, dude. The end of the show. Again, spoiler alerts. But the end of the show, I really enjoyed the ending of the show. So essentially, they had. Morgana, who became the the widow or whatever the fuck, I don't know what she's called. What she, is that? The what she called the widow? Yeah, because like an evil goddess, I guess, gave Morgana the power to see the future. So yeah, that was the spider that, god. Yeah, so she knows that the widow's coming for Nimue. So she tries to intervene, and something happens, and. Either she kills the widow, or I don't. She just touches her, or whatever. But somehow Morgana becomes the widow, who is basically death. So yeah. <laughs> so, so then she helps uh, Nimue rescue Merlin, and the three of them are like running away. Yeah, and they end the up right on, They end up on like this stone fucking walkway on like a waterfall uh, above a lake, and then the fucking. Warrior nun shows up with a with a fucking bow and arrows, stupid <laughs> bitch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she fucking she flat out just shoots fucking Nimue like fucking twice. And Nimue drops the sword, just falls off the fucking stone walkway. Or no, she goes to fall, and then Merlin catches her. Yep. And then they, you know, the whole dramatic hands start to slip and everything, and you know. Merlin gets really upset about all of this and then Nimue slips and falls and she falls into the lake and Merlin gets fucking pissed and he he has been scared of this sword for the majority of the show like anytime he sees it 
you can tell he like he tries to acquire it. But yes, I, th- I think at one point Nimue even goes to hand it to him, and Merlin like backs away. Yeah. Well, also he has tried to because he realizes that she's his daughter, so he decides to protect her through this whole thing, and then he just watches because like he gives himself up to to Uther to to make sure just to make sure that Uther's going to keep his word to protect Nimue if she gives herself up. Yep. Um, and we find out that he was going to keep his word, but the Red Paladins intervened. Uh, but then he he stabs Merlin a couple times for being a traitor to him. Yep. But he like Merlin accepted because he knew something like that was going to happen. But he still gave himself up just to make sure that she would be safe. And then here she is dying. Yeah. <laughs> or well, he thinks she died anyway. And she fell into the lake, the so pot. he gets fucking pissed. He grabs this sword, and like just this swirling thunderstorm starts erupting above them. And, like, lightning starts crashing down everywhere. And then he starts, like, doing the whole, you know, Senator Palpatine, like, shoot lightning from his hands sort of gig. Yeah. And, and it previously, in a couple episodes earlier, Nimue had had a vision of him wielding the sword and bringing down, like, an entire kingdom and slaughtering its people. Oh, Which is why sure. he said he gave it up. Yeah. And, and so he misses... I don't know how, but he misses this nun with the arrows. And she, she does get and burned, ducks, though. She gets ducked behind. She ducks behind a rock, and then yeah, a, when you see her later, her face is all burned, though. So right, he did get her a little bit. And then a bunch of red paladins show up, and he just fucking starts mowing them down and electrocuting them and like flinging them everywhere. And then once that, once there's like a moment of rest. He grabs Morgana and then like holds the sword up above their heads, and lightning strikes down, and then they just disappear. That's essentially the last scene that you see with Merlin in the show, uh, and then mm-hmm. it ends with the fucking stupid nun chick going in front of the red paladins and be like having a, one of those masks put on their face on her face, and she becomes a red a brother a red paladin or whatever. Um. And I will say the show opened with Nimue sinking in a lake, bleeding with arrows sticking out of her. And mm-hmm. that's, that's essentially how the show ends, is her falling into the lake with arrows sticking out yep. of her. Um, I'm curious to see how they, what they do if they do another season. I, I mean, yep. I'm really hoping that they do. Uh, I'm curious to see where they go, like if Nimue survives this and continues on. Or if this is how she becomes the Lady of the Lake. Um, and if yeah. she does become the Lady of the Lake, what, how she can be utilized in a story effectively moving forward? You know, because it's my understanding that the Lady of the Lake is bound to a lake. She cannot leave. Uh, she can make her presence known to other people, you know, but... I don't. That's that's one of the things in Arthurian legend that I was never super familiar with. Like I knew her role, but I never knew like, can everyone see her? Like, is it just some some chick in a lake who just can't leave? Um. Well, I know she holds the sword. The reason she was in the lake, like I think she was just a regular sorceress. But the reason she went into the lake was to basically go into a hibernation so that she wasn't tempted to use the sword because it was so powerful. Uh, a, a lot of it is that she uses the cold lake water to basically insulate herself against using the sword for whatever purposes. 
and just holds it there for whoever is supposed to have it next. But I don't, I don't think other than that, I, that's the only reason she was in the lake. So I think other than that, she could do or whatever she pleased. Now, okay. Or, I take it you're kind of a fan of Arthurian legends too, right? Mm-hmm. So let me, let me ask you this. Excalibur. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it supposed to be like the fact that like if it's if it's wielded by somebody that's not supposed to be wielded by, then it corrupts that wielder. It, it corrupts the user. Yeah. And then if it's wielded by who it's meant to be wielded by, so like Arthur, then it's just a super powerful you know a, a tool, but it doesn't corrupt Arthur. I believe so. I think it has the potential to corrupt people like that, but like you're supposed to have the strength of character to not use it for the wrong thing. God, so like Arthur's Basically. willpower is just so strong that he... Yeah. Okay. It's that thing where uh, you know power corrupts, but if you are righteous enough or whatever, have the strength of will, you can wield it without being corrupted kind of thing. Let me ask you this, Rob. If you had Excalibur and it gave you magical powers, do you think it would corrupt you? Um, maybe? I 100% think that it would for me. Yeah, I'm leaning towards yes, just because I don't have a lot of willpower when it comes to certain things. That's the thing is, is, I do, but I also have a lot of anger in me, and I feel like it would play off of that. Yeah. It would just make me angry. Like, I, I, like, you know how, like, it gave Nimue power when she was really emotional mm-hmm. I think it would do the same thing to me like I think it would just kind of tempt me into using power like all the time but then mm-hmm. the second I got angry about something it would just flare up and I'd end up fucking hurting people <sighs> like I think it would yeah. be bad <laughs> but I don't know I, I never see that's something I never really understood and I, I guess I didn't I didn't know about Excalibur is the fact that it's it's essentially not like not corruptible, but it's uh, it's corrupting in the wrong hands. So yeah. Now in the lore, does it ever does it actually have power, like magical powers? Uh, yeah, like it, it was supposed to be able to like cut, it's basically like the freaking, what you call it, sword, where it can cut through anything else. Like it's supposed to be able to cut through iron and whatnot. Right. Because the only thing I knew, it was, it was supposed to be unbreakable. Yeah. That was essentially, and it was forged by like dragon's breath or something like that. I don't remember. Um, I know in the Merlin... In the Merlin uh, TV show, it was forged by Dragon's Breath. I don't know if that's the actual, like, book one. You know what? I'm not going to say when, because I can't promise anything. But we're going to do an SU on just King Arthur lore. Me and Edquist, we'll get together. Uh, we'll actually do some research, and we'll make some notes. And we'll actually do a little bit of prep for an episode for once. And... We're just going to bust out some King Arthur knowledge on some people. Because it is something that really interests me. Um, to the point even more so that... So I DM several games for people between D&D, Vampire the Masquerade, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
and I've put a lot of King Arthur uh, people, I guess, characters uh, in my in my worlds that I've created. Um, for instance, the Brood, uh, the first Vampire of the Masquerade game that I ran for some of the Distractions crew, they ran into King Arthur and several of the Knights of the Round Table. Um, and yeah, so I'd love to do more. Like, it's been a long time since I've done any real reading about King Arthur and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll, that'll be one of our next, uh, SUs. Me and you will sit down and, you know, we'll try to drag Devin into it. If that's something that Devin wants to be dragged into and, uh, we'll do some King Arthur knowledge for some people. So, but I think with that being said, uh, I think that's a wrap on on cursed, and yep. uh, and a wrap on the warrior nun. So, uh, with that, Rob, let's do science corner with Rob. Science corner with Rob. Uh, we got to come so... up with a snazzier name for this. <laughs> science uh, time. Science. <laughs> um. So. Recently, um, I don't remember the name of the probe, but there was a probe that was looking at the the dwarf planets in the asteroid belt that's between Mars and Jupiter, and they were um, uh, Cerise, I believe it's called, is the one of the dwarf planets that's in the asteroid belt. Um, there, they now believe that there's a large ocean beneath the the crust of the dwarf planet, which they didn't think was possible. They thought most dwarf planets were um, dry and just rocky, dry things. But now, because of that probe, they probed a, a large crater and they found salty water residue at the bottom of the crater. So they are thinking that underneath the crust of that small little planet is an ocean. Now, whereabouts, ocean. whereabouts is this? Which, which dwarf planet? Cerise. Where the fuck is this? Is it, was it, how far away is this one? Uh, I mean, it's not, it's just beyond Mars. It's in the asteroid belt. Now we got dwarf planets hanging around between Mars? We, they've always been there. People just don't, never really counted dwarf planets until Pluto became one. So now everyone's like, oh, dwarf planets. It's basically just like a a larger asteroid, but. So, okay, so hold on, let me get this straight. (laughs) All right. So, um, all right. Growing up my whole life. We've had <laughs> we've had the Vemschnup, you know, the Venus, Earth, whatever, all the way yeah. down, all the way down to Pluto. Those yeah. have been our planets that revolve around our solar in our solar system. Uh, then all of a sudden they said Pluto is no longer a planet. Which number one, fuck you and bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and then they started classifying it as a dwarf planet. So now all these other dwarf planets are popping up that people are now just acknowledging because it's considered a dwarf planet? Yes. I don't like it. It's it's actually it's 13 times smaller than Pluto. That's so then that's just a rock. That's just cuz Pluto's super tiny. If it's 13 times smaller than Pluto, it's just a rock. It's it's not a planet. <laughs> Man, come on. I don't... I don't... No. First off, Pluto, not a dwarf planet. Is it small? Sure. 
it's it's culturally insensitive to call it a dwarf. Still a planet. Okay? <laughs> God damn it. That's all I gotta say. <sighs> These other dwarf planets, they're just rocks. How much smaller is Pluto than Earth? Do you happen to know that? How much smaller is Pluto than Earth? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Uh, but the Ceres is one-fifth the size of Earth's moon. So if it's 13 times, it's Pluto's definitely bigger than the moon. Uh... A fifth the size of our moon. Yeah. Jesus. We have a, an overly large moon, though. Another science corner. What, um, the, the size of our moon is very rare in comparison to the size of Earth. Then why wouldn't have... they call the moon a dwarf planet? I don't get because, this. Because it's 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 our moon. It's not... Like, I mean, I guess you could, but because it circles us, like, it's in Earth's gravitational pool, it's it's Earth's moon. Like, if Cerise were being, like, around another planet, they would call it a moon, too. But because it's out there by itself, in the asteroid belt, it's called a dwarf planet. I don't think so. It's in the asteroid belt. It's an asteroid. It's an overly large asteroid. Yeah, well, it's the. It would be the largest asteroid if you're comparing it. But they used to consider it a large asteroid, yes. But now, because they've changed the definition of what dwarf planets are, it fits the criteria for dwarf. Planets. I don't like how China, I don't like how science changes. <laughs> I'm not a fan. You can't. You can't teach. Okay, you can't teach people something for their whole life and then just change it all of a sudden and expect that to expect people to be okay with it. Uh, so Pluto is 18.5% the size of Earth. That's not that small. I mean, that's, that's good size. I'm thinking that this other dwarf planet, this whatever Cerise thing, is like the size of like a continent on Earth. Uh, yeah, probably, maybe not even. Well, Pluto is smaller than our moon, too. Just so you know. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, you just said, well, then why isn't Pluto a moon according to your logic? No, well, that was me asking <laughs> why, like, what the difference between a moon and a dwarf planet is. <laughs> I understand that Pluto's uh, small, but you know what? Pluto's been a planet for long enough. It is grandfathered into the fact that it is a planet, not a dwarf planet. It has the grandfather law. It's grandfathered in. It is a planet. All right. Fight so apparently, me. Google apparently, me Pluto, is, if you like in its like if you rounded it and put it next to Earth, it'd be roughly the same size as Australia. Pluto. Yes. Then what about the Cerise thing? Must be smaller than that. By a lot. Uh, yeah. Fourteen times smaller. Was this thing <laughs> the fucking size of like Texas then? Uh, I don't know. Uh, don't, none of the things these charts that I'm looking at have Cerise on it. Well, we expect you to find out the answer for the next week's Rob, Science Corner with Rob. <laughs> Make a note somewhere on your desktop that I want answers about this Cerise bullshit. Okay. I'm not letting this go. This is I'm I'm gonna forget, which is why I'm saying make a note. Oh, I didn't realize that Mars is way smaller than Earth too. 
Yeah, but Mars is a goddamn planet. Yeah, Venus is around our same size, but Mars is smaller. I thought Mars was around the same size as Earth, but it looks like it's about half the size. Jesus. And then Jupiter is humongous, except for most of its gas. Yeah. Now, the actual... Jupiter and Saturn are humongous. The actual, like, solid form, the solid portion of Jupiter, what would would that be, size-wise? Because I know the majority of Jupiter is just gas. I don't know that they know that because the gases are so dense they can't really get a probe through yet. Wow. We don't have the scientific know-how. They I will check on that for you too, but I don't think they know. Cerise is number one. I want to know what size Cerise <laughs> is if you were to essentially insert it somewhere into Earth. Like, where would we have to cut to shove Cerise in that hole to fill it? Okie dokie. So, and so help me if you come back with like, oh yeah, Cerise is the size of like Oklahoma. It's like, motherfuck, not even te- <laughs> it's smaller than Texas. If it's smaller than Texas, guess what? It's just a fucking rock. It's a goddamn asteroid in that asteroid belt. Nothing else. Anything smaller oh, than right Texas. Here, Cerise compared with Texas. Listen. It is about the size of Texas. Okay, now now I need to know if it's technically smaller. Anything less than the size of Texas cannot and should not be considered any type of planet. I'm sorry. Pretty much the size, because it's comparing, because Cerise is a circle, obviously. Yeah. So, like, parts of it go beyond the Texas, because Texas is a weird shape. But if you filled in the spots, it's pretty much the size of Texas. I will send you the image I just found. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, goddammit, we have a Texas-sized planet out there, apparently, uh, that should not be considered a planet. Uh, now, Rob, after since Science Corner with Rob, you've 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 done pissed me off. <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to comment on dwarf planets and how stupid they are? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that's bullshit. No, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> Hold your phone, because if you cut that part off there, that would fit in there. That'd fit in there. I'd say it's technically smaller than Texas. Yeah, it looks about the same to me. Ah, no, I mean, no. But I mean, that's you're not. But that's just the circle. Like you're not comparing the whole round circumference of it. Like if you cut it in half and spread it out, it would take up more area. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about just area anyway. Yeah, so then there's the whole backside. Like, that's it squishing no, that, Texas yeah, no, a ball. That, no, yeah, yeah, but no, that's that's assuming we shove Cerise into Texas. <laughs> I, I wanted to know strictly, like, if we just sh- crammed Cerise into Earth. Yeah, like if it smashed into Earth? Yes, yeah, that's the size it would be. <laughs> First off, don't get me wrong. Anything the size of Texas, if it slams into Earth, it's probably going to kill the planet. It's like, I mean, that's a pretty big impact. and It's going to cause devastation no matter where you hit. But I personally believe, like, if you trimmed off those edges of Cerise or, or of Texas 
and you puzzle piece them and jam them into the other areas where Cerise is covering that, like the parts of Oklahoma and and Mexico down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there would still be enough Texas to <laughs> come outside of that circle of Cerise mm-hmm. based off looking at this. Uh, and if that's the case, if Texas technically would have more land area than Cerise if it was just smushed into the planet, I'm sorry, but I highly disagree that it should be considered <laughs> a dwarf planet. I don't, that's just, that boggles my mind. Um, that's fine. Wow, Earth is kind of one of the smaller planets, huh? Yeah, that's so I've that. Yeah, that's the and then the one well, next we're to literally, Earth. We're literally in the middle. Yeah, there's four smaller ones and four larger ones. Yep. Well, well, the one, the one directly next to Earth, yeah, that's Venus, which is why I said it's pretty much the same size as Earth. And then the one next to that is Mars. Like Mars is way smaller than I thought it was. Yeah, and we're starting to want to fucking go and send people to Mars to live on <laughs> Mars. What the fuck, you're gonna? Why choose a smaller planet? Well, you can't live on Venus. It's like a freaking boil. It's the hottest planet in the universe. Well, in our solar system, anyway. Yeah, but... I mean, why not... Hold on. What are the order of the planets here? Venus is the closest to the sun. No, Mercury is. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Venus is still hotter, though. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars. Yeah. Uh, And Jupiter. Jupiter, Saturn. Saturn. Neptune is. Why not go send people to live on, like, Saturn? Because Saturn's another gas giant. <laughs> fucking send them to Neptune. Neptune's way too cold. Uh, you can fucking make heat. <laughs> not, not, not enough heat for that far out. Well, you can't make enough fucking cold AC for fucking Venus. I don't know. That's why that's why Mars is the next best choice. Even though it's gonna be way colder, it's not cold like it you create enough heat to, to combat that cold. If we're gonna if we're gonna colonize any planets, it's gonna be Mars, because that's the only one that's within the zone where human life We exist. should find <laughs> another solar system with another sun with another set of planets revolving around them and find out which one would be the Earth equivalent and mm-hmm. colonize that. They are looking for that. They found like super Earths that are the size of like those Neptune balls, but they're Earth like. So they found Earth that are the size of Neptune's balls. Yep. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have found the scrotum Earths. <laughs> All right. With that, where can people find you on the internet, Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X. And you can find me someday again on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And as always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitch at... Hold on, I'm trying to pull up the outro music. I am not prepared. I thought I had this all pulled up before and then my thing closed down on me. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitch at Jax, no, on Twitter at Jax Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby, and on Instagram at Patrick.Webster52, where every so often I post random shit 
just pictures that I find funny. Whatever. Uh, post the text. Webby will post the picture of Cerise in Texas on his Instagram. So if you want to go and look at it, it's probably not. Can. I probably won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rob is trying to put more on my plate than I'm going to do. Uh, yep. It's not going to happen. Yep. Uh, I will tell you what. I will post this picture though on the Simply Unprofessional Facebook page. There you go. To, uh, when this episode comes after this episode comes out uh, so if you want to go to facebook.com slash simply unprofessional you'll be able to see this picture of apparently this dwarf planet uh, which is about the size of Texas um, compared to the size of Pluto and compared to the size of our moon uh, so yeah Cerise, hashtag, not a goddamn planet, just a rock. <laughs> Make it happen, people. All right, until, until next week, everybody. Thank you for listening. We love you. Be safe. And fuck Booster Gold. That fuck bastard. Gold. <laughs> you know who thinks Cerise should be a fucking planet? Booster Gold. <laughs> Most likely. He'd be like, oh, he yeah, that, that's a planet. I'm from the future. That's definitely a planet. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> useless goddamn superhero. God, I hate him so much. Live on a whole planet the size of Texas. Stupid. <laughs> Hashtag Cerise's shit.